You're listening to Living in His Love on The Answer Broadcasting with Reverend Trudy Daly. Now, let's prepare to hear this week's message. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct this program. May all that is said and done be truthful and loving and reflect your word and your ways. Open the ears and hearts of those listening that they might be blessed by what is said. Help each listener to know and understand how much you love them and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to save them and that you want to help them in every situation in their lives. Amen. Welcome. Today we're having part two of Hearing God. Let me just quickly review the things we spoke about last week. That we hear God through his word, that is the Bible scriptures, which are his inspired word. And yes, we hear it both him, both in the Old and New Testament. We can hear through dreams, regular dreams or prophetic dreams. We can hear through visions which are pictures, or even like motion pictures. We can hear through angelic appearances, or even the appearance of Christ himself. We can hear through the audible voice, as Moses did. And sometimes we hear through a still, small voice within ourselves, which comes sometimes as thoughts, and we, or we hear them as quiet words within us. Peace is often a way that we determine uh, what we're trying to do, and God gives us peace as a communication that we're doing the right thing. And sometimes we have divine encounters with other people that deliver us answers to our problems. We can also have circumstances that force us to make a decision, and those circumstances are presented to us to perhaps even change the direction that we're going in our life. And sometimes we call an inner witness a just knowing something. We can't even explain why we know it, but we know it. And God speaks through wisdom, wisdom in his word and wisdom from other people and even a group of people we call a council. And last, he speaks to us through prophets and others. And we do know that there are prophets who are truly of God and some that are not, so we need to test the words that we receive from prophets. Today, I, I want to mention that what some people do is they, they have like bi- Bible lottery. They, they kind of open the Bible at random and decide that whatever their eyes fall on is God's answer to them. I would not recommend this. Because, again, a lot's left to interpretation, and it may not be an accurate way. Uh, We should seek God if it's through other people, or just go and be quiet and pray. Um, Sometimes in the beginning when people do that, it seems like it works, but it's not highly recommended as a way to direct your life. Uh, Sometimes signs from God are requested by people to confirm a decision. We call this putting out a fleece. And yes, there is an example of it in scripture. But again, uh, 
depending on how you put that fleece out. For instance, if you verbally say, well, God, do this such and such, well, guess what? The enemy can hear you, and he then can answer you so that he gets you to go in the wrong direction. And we need to consider how we approach getting an answer. Sometimes, for instance, there's, we, we kid about this, but uh, someone could hear, oh, go to Cairo. Well, is that Cairo, Egypt, or Cairo, Illinois? Or go to Holy Trinity. Is that Holy Trinity Lutheran Church or Holy Trinity Episcopal Church? The answers we get are not always exact. They may be true, but we may misinterpret them. One of the things that as I counsel people and I pray and I receive something for them, I'm very careful to only give them the exact words I hear. And even then, I encourage people to pray about what's been said and to ask God for confirmation, perhaps two or three even confirmations. Because if you're seeking God about a major decision in your life, you need to be sure that you are truly hearing God. Because suppose you think that you're supposed to sell your house and move and do such and such. So you go ahead and do all that only to find out that really isn't what you're supposed to do. And sometimes what find out is location is so significant in what God tells us to do. And if we misinterpret the location he's sending us to, whatever came after that instruction may not end up coming true. Just because God intervenes in our life does not automatically clear up our confusion or straighten out the entanglements of our hearts because we lack a general understanding of God and his ways. So we need to look at scriptures to help provide us this understanding and inspiration. And the more things that we listen to and the more that we learn, uh, the better we can learn to apply information that we're given. Uh, God leads us often in natural ways so that we don't necessarily think it's God speaking. Uh, this happens and then this happens and this and they all come together. And yes, it's God speaking to us, but we don't see it as coming from God. For instance, God has often used uh, books to help me. I can remember when I was just beginning in the ministry and trying to figure out what I was supposed to do, I kept having a recurring dream. And in this dream, uh, there was a pastor, and he would go in front of someone, and they would take a piece of rope, and they would tie it around him. And then the next person would tie it around him more, and this would go on for several people. And then he would stand in front of me, and I would hear the words, set him free. Well, I had no comprehension of what that meant. But lo and behold, a couple weeks later, I got a book in the mail called Pigs in the Parlor 
which talks about delivering people from situations and oppression. And after I read the book, I realized that that was what God was saying to me, that I needed to pray a prayer for this person that would help to set them free. And so I did, and it did work. I don't know about you, but I do watch a great deal of television of various pastors and religious shows. And I have to say that they've given me often great insights into the Word of God that I don't think I would have gotten on my own. Now, I'm not saying, again, all shows, because there's a lot of theology and beliefs out there that I don't agree with. But there are also many that are well-grounded and certainly helpful in understanding, perhaps, what God's going to do. I've received letters from people that have just absolutely given me information or understanding that I needed to resolve an issue in my life. And that helped me uh, to get into the right place at the right time. And also, many people, I believe, are used by God to encourage us. That it seems like he knows when we've been gun to question ourselves. Is this okay? Am I really supposed to be doing this? Or what about this? Or what about that? And someone will come along and say, oh, I heard you teach on this, or I heard that. It really helped me. Uh, in fact, just recently, I got a text from a former student of mine that I taught in third grade and commented about something that took place back then and the, of which he was very appreciative, and that encouraged me. How do we know what we are receiving from God? We need to examine it and ask, God, is this you? Is it, and chances are we need to say, well, is this something I want to do or something I don't want to do? And believe it or not, sometimes when it's something you don't want to do, it's from God because often he's calling us uh, to grow spiritually, and he's challenging us to grow. And as human beings, we tend to like our comfort zone. We tend to get to a certain place, we feel accomplished in that place, and we go, great, I'm here and I'm happy to stay here. And God comes along and says, well, I think you're done for this season. I have something else for you. So. Let's go and move forward. And I can tell you from past experience that when you say, well, I'm not quite ready, that the things that you're trying to do stop working. And then negative things start happening, and it's God closing the door that you're not closing, and it gets to the point where you're very happy, and you know, yes, I need to close it, and you move forward. And sometimes the things that he calls you to do can actually be um, foolish, or you feel they're foolish. There was a story that I was uh, working with a pastor, and this one day I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to go buy flowers and bring it to the pastor. And this is a male pastor, and I'm going, uh, uh, God, women don't do that. And he goes, oh, I said, well, he says, is it that you can't afford it? I go, no. And then he says, so then you're telling me you just don't really want to do it. And I go, well, um, uh, 
And so I eventually did go by the flowers and I dropped him by. He had like an outside area by his back door and I just left them there and I went, okay. Later that night, I received a phone call from him and I wasn't sure what he would say to me, but oddly enough that something happened to him that day that devastated him. And he called to tell me that what had happened to him and he said, but then I saw the flowers and I felt that okay, that God was still with me. So sometimes when you're led to do what you might consider foolish or insignificant might be a major event or thing that the person that you're doing it for needs. So, you know, I always tease if it's not immoral, illegal, or fattening, and you feel God's telling you to do it, to go ahead and do it, and just trust that God will use it in a positive way. We also need to ask what we're hearing if it does agree with the Word of God. We do not want to do anything that contradicts the Word of God, because I believe God does not contradict himself so that that's one of the measures you should look at. And is it morally right? Is it good? Is it kind? We should analyze it against those things. And does it build up a person or the body of Christ, or could it harm them? The other question is, is it loving? Sometimes the things that we look at may seem like they're okay, and we're looking at them from our perspective, and we're not necessarily looking at them from where that person is in time. Are they vulnerable? Are they going through a health crisis or an emotional crisis? And what we're going to do, will that make them feel more loved or work against them? And the things that we, the sources that we go to, we should look at whether it be television, radio, books. Are they godly sources? Are they sources we can trust? And what about the people that we go to or the groups that we go to? What do their lives reflect? Do they reflect a holiness and trust in God? Or are they just worldly and they're giving us the answers that the world would give us? And as we said the last time, does it bring peace to our spirits? Peace is a very good marker for us as to whether something is really for us or not right for us. And the last part is, does it glorify God? Is what we're doing glorifying us or glorifying God? Too many times it seems like people are taking the credit. People do not heal. God heals. People do not change other people. God does. So we need to be very aware, whether we're preaching, teaching, prophesying, that we're doing it to glorify God and not ourselves. Because if it's for ourselves, God won't have any choice but to humble us 
And that can be a very painful process. So let's take a look also at what interferes with us hearing from God. One of the major things is unbelief. First of all, if we don't even believe there is a God, or that he doesn't talk to his people. There were periods of time in history where God was silent for many years, sometimes hundreds of years at a time. I think since the resurrection of Christ, however, we're blessed with a God that communicates with us perhaps even daily so that we do not have to fear. Now, there are times and situations in people's lives, depending on what they choose to do, that God will be silent to them. What is your perception of God? How do you see God? If you see him as a punishing person, someone who does not want what's best for you, then chances are that you may interpret the things that you hear or that you feel he's saying to you as not correct. The other position a lot of people have is they don't want to be in the will of God. They want to do their own thing. And so sometimes I believe then God will let them, and he won't deter them. God does not take away our free will. We can surrender it, which we're often called to do, to be truly obedient, but he will not take it away from us. And we wonder, well, why are things so bad in the world? Well, partly because everybody's doing their own thing and they're doing what their will tells them to do. Often, we fear what God might ask us to do. Often when I talk to people, they say, well, I don't, I don't want to have to go to Africa, or I don't want to have to go on the mission field, or I don't want to have to do this, I don't want to have to do that. So they don't listen, because they feel if they listen, then uh, now they're afraid if they don't do what they hear. So it can often interfere. Because sometimes God does ask us to do things we do not want to do. But we find that as we obey, that he uses it for our good. We lack so much understanding. We seem to think that we have the answers, and we don't give God opportunity to show us the answers. We sometimes rebel flat out and just say, I don't want to, I'm not going to, and then they don't. And some people know that they have sin in their lives that they don't want to give up. They're comfortable in their sin, and whatever the flesh desires, they grant it. And other people just plain harden their heart. They don't want to hear anything. And so when this happens, then they can't move forward. They're stuck where they are. And many people are at that place. Sometimes they've made vows to God and they've broken them. So they're afraid of hearing from him. They're afraid of being punished. Uh, so it's easier to ignore what they're hearing. So when 
are you willing to give time to to speak to you, have God speak to you? How much time are you willing to give him? We never give him amount of time that he actually would love to have us give. And if we're fortunate, we may give a few hours, a few minutes a day uh, that we hopefully would set up a pattern where at least we seek him. And they say to seek him in the morning before you start your day so that you can surrender your day and ask him to guide you in the choices that you make and to protect you. Sometimes people have also, their, the fear overrides their ability to make decisions. They've been in situations in their lives where they've suffered a lot of abuse and they don't know what's in front of them and they don't know what God's gonna ask them to do or what situation that's gonna put them in. And so that fear keeps them from even wanting to hear from God. And lastly, there are people that are in what I would call demonic bondage. Their wills are not free to choose to listen to God or to hear from him. They're blocked from hearing, and they have no way of understanding what he said because the demonic like clouds their mind and causes chaos in their lives. And until they're set free, they really can't hear God. So today, I guess I would ask, where are you in the process of seeking God and of trying to hear him? Because he's always speaking, because he loves you and wants what's absolutely best for you. He knows everything that's already happened to you, but he also knows the future and destiny that he wants for you. He wants what's good, whole, and a blessing. So begin to even ask God, speak to me in the way that I can hear, the way that I can receive it, and then help me to obey it. Help me to be free to do all that you want me to do so that I can be a blessing to others and I can be blessed. Dear listeners, thank you for sharing this time together with us. We ask God to bless you, heal you, and to provide, protect, and prosper you. May God allow you to experience more and more of his love for you. We pray that this week's message has touched you in a powerful way. To connect with us online, visit us at theanswerbroadcasting.com.